Lots of damage to the seawall. Tonight, cleaning up from the storm. Major repairs needed in several areas. Plus, he was just 18. Police identify the target of a Langley shooting as they reveal an innocent bystander was also hit. And, and the family is asking for justice. Remembering the BC victims and the push for accountability two years after the Iran plane disaster. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. After several close calls in recent years, an innocent victim is recovering tonight. After bullets flew in a crowded public place, homicide investigators have also identified a Langley teen as the person targeted and killed in Friday's daytime hit. Kristen Robinson now with the latest. The victim executed at the entrance to a strip mall parking lot in Walnut Grove Friday identified as 18-year-old Julian Moya Cardenas from Langley and known to police. Homicide investigators also say an innocent man was struck by a stray bullet. This is uh, very concerning to us. Shootings do occur and we investigate all of them, but now we have an innocent bystander. Um, they were going about the day and just caught caught in front of crossfires. A witness who doesn't want to be identified over fears for his safety says he saw the innocent victim sitting injured inside this subway before he was wheeled away on a stretcher to a waiting ambulance. The witness says he spoke with the injured man's brother, who told him the pair had been pushing his family's broken-down SUV to a parking spot near Subway when his brother was struck by a bullet that went through his lower leg those stray bullets because they have no name on them when they're bouncing around, right? Former VPD gang squad officer Doug Spencer says with so many close calls in the last two years, the clock was ticking on an innocent person getting caught in the lower mainland gun violence. It's uh, completely out of control like never before. They're firing these rounds off with complete disregard for who's around. Spencer now works with the odd squad educating youth to help prevent tragedies like this. You have to tell your kids what to watch out for and who to stay away from as far as peer group people. Police believe Cardenas was targeted. The integrated homicide investigation team is seeking witnesses, cell phone and dash cam video as they probe the brazen shooting that ended a teenager's life and sent a bystander to hospital. Kristen Robinson, Global News. The homicide team has also been called to Abbotsford following an early morning stabbing. It happened around 2 o'clock on Clearbrook Road near Holly Street, across from a fast food restaurant and a pizza place. A 41-year-old man was taken to hospital but died of his injuries. So far, he has not been named, but police are describing his killing as targeted. No one has been arrested. Witnesses or anyone with video from the area is asked to call the IHIT tip line. Metro Vancouver residents are just beginning to see the scope of the damage caused by Friday's powerful windstorm and king tide, which inundated an iconic West Coast landmark. As Amadagahi reports, the Vancouver Park Board is so far remaining silent on just how much of a hit the seawall and surrounding coastline took. It literally looks like a bomb went off. I mean, it's just like unbelievable. The seawall at Vancouver's historic Stanley Park is an attraction, even if it's in this current form. It's absolutely crazy. It's like very post-apocalyptic. Uh, it needs a bit of work. 
<laughs> Benches uprooted and flipped. Heavy rock and cement thrown around like Lego blocks. It just you know? shows us we don't yeah. have any control. No, this was not the work of an earthquake. The damage comes after Friday's windstorm combined forces with a king tide. In the morning, waves crashed onto shoreline, piers, seawalls, from Stanley Park to West Vancouver. By afternoon at Ampleside Park Beach, water had flooded streets and parking lots. It probably was the worst that we've seen in decades. Um, certainly any staff that are currently at the municipality haven't experienced this. We're estimating that there's significant damage, but we won't have the details for a few days. We live on the 16th floor. Right in the West End, let me tell you, that's pretty scary when they were blowing yesterday. Now, was it the crashing waves? Was it the 50 kilometer an hour winds? Was it the logs or the rocks crashing down that really broke apart the pavement here on the seawall? It's anyone's guess right now, but one thing everybody does agree with is it's really heartbreaking and sad to see the state of this historic place in Vancouver right now. Well, it's kind of sad, you know, really to see this. Uh, because we use the seawall quite often, and then this is going to take a long time before they can totally repair it. Won't be riding the bike all the way around for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be sad to see it like closed and like repaired, and all the you know time and money that takes is kind of disappointing. You know. The Vancouver Park Board said it had no one we could interview Saturday, even as its general manager tweeted that assessments were being done at Kitts Beach, leaving the assumption that damage estimates and repair timeline won't be available for taxpayers for some time. <laughs> Meanwhile, in West Vancouver Saturday, the cleanup was well underway. Amadagahi, Global News. More destruction, this time at Qualicum Beach on Vancouver Island. High waves combined with a king tide, sending logs, debris and water across the seawall. Part of the walkway was damaged. Residents were urged to avoid the area due to the hazardous conditions. Well, the heavy snowfall and freezing temperatures led to some perilous conditions on three major highways into and out of the interior. Traffic was moving on Highway 1 between Popcom and the Highway 35 split this afternoon following the storm. The Transportation Ministry says Highway 5 was shut down due to unsafe conditions, but reopened at about 5 p.m. Friday. The ministry says Highway 1 and Highway 3 had to be closed since Thursday due to avalanche risks and large slides on the highway. Some viewers told Global News that drivers were stuck, lined up on Highway 3 just outside of Princeton for hours and had to spend the night on the highway. DriveBC says it finally reopened to traffic this afternoon. Truck drivers tell us they are prepared for the worst. It's not good. No? No, it is not good. Uh, I'm coming from Vancouver, but I'm being told by the drivers that in the morning the police was forcing them to chain up. But now it's not mandatory, but it's uh, better to do it than not to do. Where are you, where are you off to, young man? Uh, Vancouver. Oh, you're in Vancouver. Did you just come down the coast? Yeah. How was it? It wasn't bad. No? Pretty good? Well, good winter driving. Yeah. <laughs> I came day for yesterday here. And it's very bad weather that I couldn't go there towards Ontario uh, because the highway was closed. I had a mechanic coming over to fix my truck. He was delayed about 10 hours yesterday night. So that's sad news. Like, um, still, I, I hear people telling me 
we can put chains up or not chain up but in a safe set i'm putting two chains that's that's all i could do no? and back in metro vancouver getting to and from the horseshoe bay ferry terminal was no easy feat today Drivers were spitting their tires, struggling for traction to get out of Horseshoe Bay and up to Highway 1 in West Vancouver. Two buses could not make the climb, one of them jackknifed into a ditch. TransLink says no one was hurt. Evidently, not everyone was equipped for the snow. One driver, fed up with his lack of progress up the icy slope, simply decided to turn around right there and head back down the hill. Most of the South Coast is not experiencing the same extreme conditions we lived through on Thursday or Friday, but winter did not give up its grip so easily today. Metro Vancouver residents saw light snow falling in most regions this morning before it eventually changed to rain. Now, a few people in Burnaby did not let the snow deter them from a brisk walk. Over at the Portman Bridge, the Transportation Ministry posted video of cable callers clearing away the snow and ice. All right, meteorologist Yvonne Shell is here. Okay, are we done? Can we get a break, Yvonne? Yeah, we are looking at an ice break. It'll be much needed for tomorrow. And we've got a rise in temperatures over the next few days, so we are looking at the potential for rainfall rather than snow. Now, it is letting up. We can see those breaks across western areas and eastern areas and stretching into the Fraser Valley. We're starting to see that change. Could still be tracking a bit of wet snowfall this evening, and it'll be similar for higher elevations. So the southern half of the province, if you're traveling on the mountain passes this evening, still additional snowfall amount I'll have more on that coming up. And we also still have a significant amount of snow along the northern half of the province inland and for much of the caribou in the central interior. I'll have more on the snowfall when we'll see the heaviest for the northern half of the province. The sunshine that is in store for the south coast, I'll have that coming up too. Jordan? We like to hear that. Thanks, Yvonne. BC Hydro is hoping to have service restored to two communities on Vancouver Island by tomorrow. The same storms that battered the south coast knocked out power to a pair of communities on the west coast of Vancouver Island. Hydro is reporting extensive damage to its power lines serving Tassis and Zabalos. Crews have made good progress on repairs, but access to the area is difficult, with the region advising against non-essential travel. A fuel truck made it to Tassis this morning, bringing more than 1,000 litres of much-needed fuel to the community. But there are reports it is being sold at sky-high rates. Yeah, the, the power's been out since last Sunday. We had it briefly on the, uh, January 4th for about four hours. So we got a little bit of hot water and got a chance to warm the house up a bit, but it's been off since. Because of its remote location, helicopter support is needed to complete repairs, and our crews have been at the mercy of weather windows to be able to fly safely, all while dealing with snow shoulder deep in some areas. I want everyone in these communities to know we're doing everything to restore the line as quickly as possible. And a hydro crew turned to an unusual mode of transport in order to help restore power to a central coast community left in the dark. The hydro workers were taken by the crew of the Coast Guard ship Sir John Franklin to Bella Bella. BC Hydro was unable to reach the Heltzik First Nation via road or air because of this week's storms. Unfortunately, with the bad weather, the high winds and the rough seas, uh, they were unable to travel in the usual ways. Uh, so we worked with EMBC uh, and got the Coast Guard to, to take us over um, to do the repair work necessary. And we're glad to have the power back on there. It had been 24 hours. It was an emergency situation. And we're really, we're really glad that they were able to help us out and get the power restored. 
Campbell River RCMP are reminding the public that snowmobiles are not legal on city roads or sidewalks. During Thursday's snow, the Vancouver Island detachment says it was taken back to its northern policing routes when officers came across this snowmobile across from the city pound. RCMP say its operator left the driveway and, quote, made a run for groceries in Northwest Territories style. While it may seem like a logical decision, police say the fines can be very steep and your ride can be towed if you're caught sledding in town. 17 District of West Vancouver employees are now on unpaid leave, this for defying the district's vaccine mandate. The district says 98.3% of its 1,006 staff showed proof of vaccination by the deadline of January 5th. The 17 unvaccinated workers are a mix of full-time, part-time and casual staff, including library, fire rescue and Blue Bus employees. They will remain off work without pay for three months, after which time they could be terminated if they choose not to get vaccinated. We're not looking to remove staff. We're looking to increase vaccination rates um, and, and have a fully vaccinated staff complement. Um, so I know the different organizations approach this differently. In Toronto, um, when they reached the deadline, uh, anyone who hadn't provided proof of vaccination was terminated. Uh, that's not our goal. And we're hoping that, you know, we can work through these 17 cases. Coming up two years since the downing of a passenger plane in Iran. Many of the victims had ties to Canada, including B.C. Up next, how today's anniversary was marked locally. And the foreign workers stuck in limbo due to government red tape. That's later on the news hour. British Columbians joined memorials around the world in commemorating a tragic anniversary. Two years ago today, Ukraine International Airlines Flight 752 was shot down over Iran. 55 Canadian citizens were among the 176 victims. Global's Paul Johnson has more. In the city of North Vancouver Saturday, our nation's flag flew at half-mast. In case you were wondering, here's why. On 8 January 2020, flight PS752 was tragically shot down with two missiles uh, only three minutes after the takeoff from Tehran. PS752 was not the first commercial jet to be shot down accidentally, according to the Iranians. But two years later, Tehran's inability to satisfy the families and governments of its victims with answers has had the effect of compounding their grief. Who ordered the missile strike? Why was the airspace even open at the time? Those among the many compelling questions that still haunt those grieving. So uh, still there are a lot of uh, documents that not revealed and the family is asking for justice. My wife, my only child, along with 174 other innocent human beings and an unborn child were murdered in cold blood. In an online vigil Saturday, the names of each of the 176 victims were read out. 85 of them were Canadian citizens and permanent residents. Dozens more had ties to Canada. Prime Minister Trudeau promised Justice. to keep up the you pressure should. on Tehran. Flight PS752 was shot down because of the recklessness and complete disregard for human life of Iranian officials. We cannot allow that 
to stand. They love the North Shore. It reminds them very much of home. City of North Vancouver Mayor Linda Buchanan said when she heard the news two years ago, she knew immediately it would hit her city. It turned out seven people from the North Shore were killed in the shootdown. North Van's flag Saturday, a reminder. These weren't people from some distant country. These were British Columbians. Paul Johnson, Global News. A footnote here. Earlier this week, the government of Iran snubbed another deadline set by Canada and its allies to negotiate a settlement for the families. Up next tonight, he wants to work but can't. How a visa tied to a specific employer has caused headaches for a Kelowna pizza maker and his family. Plus, call it a joint venture in B.C.'s north. The plans for a pot shop in an airport. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. In the Okanagan, a temporary foreign worker has been stuck without work, waiting for months to hear from the Canadian government about his work visa application. Darren Matasafung has his story. In this situation, uh, I need to work. An immigrant from Italy who is living in Kelowna says he's been stuck in limbo for months. 25-year-old Danilo Pizzolio immigrated to Canada with his brother in 2016. I left my country because I wanted to give a chance to change my life with my family. And uh, I did it and uh, I'm going forward for it. So I really want to stay here because I like the, I love the way how everything is organized. People are very polite. But the challenge for Pizzolio, he was laid off from his job as a pizza cook due to COVID. And he's been waiting to hear back from the federal government about his work visa extension. He applied for his extension before the work visa ran out. So his status as a temporary foreign worker has been maintained. The problem lies with the fact that he's only allowed to work for that one employer, which he can't do anymore after being laid off. It's been uh, nine months already and usually it takes six months for uh, to take a decision but uh, I totally understand about this uh, situation of COVID. Honestly I was expecting uh, like a, a gift for me for Christmas or New Year but uh, it uh, didn't happen. From the Canadian government? Yes, yes. The pizza maker is also waiting for an answer about his permanent residency application, something that is confusing since his brother already received his. Uh, I can say frustrated, very frustrated. My brother got his uh, uh, permanent residency because we applied in the same time. We yeah. came in the same time and so we applied in the same time. Global News has reached out to the Federal Ministry of Immigration and Citizenship about Pizzolio's case. They said in an email, Mr. Pizzolio is considered to have maintained status as a temporary foreign worker as his application for a work permit extension was received prior to the expiry of the existing permit. Accordingly, Mr. Pizzolio may continue to work under the same conditions of the existing permit until a decision is rendered on the extension application. So it seems Pizzolio still can't work anywhere else until he receives his new open work visa. 
He says he's been living off his life savings for over a year. Darian Matazafung, Global News, Kelowna. On the same day, the West Kelowna RCMP asked for the public's help to find a wanted man. His vehicle was located in Vernon. 34-year-old Dayton Lloyd McAlpine is wanted for a violent assault that happened on December 31st. A warrant has been issued for his arrest. On Wednesday night, Vernon RCMP were called about a suspicious vehicle on 27th Avenue. They found a 2009 white Ford Focus sedan, similar to this one, and confirmed it was the one McAlpine was driving. While a man and a woman were seen getting out of the car, police didn't find them. The search for Dayton McAlpine continues. Well, this is one venture with high-flying potential. What could develop into Canada's and perhaps the world's first pot shop at an airport. A company called Copilot has applied for a business license to operate at Prince George Airport. If it's approved, the store would open in the departures area by the summer. It would sell a similar range of products as you'd find in any other pot shop. The company says Prince George is the perfect size to test the market. As we spoke with different airports and began to think about where we really wanted to launch this business, we felt that Prince George was the best place to start because of the size of the airport and the community culture. We felt like the airport was large enough to have enough passenger traffic and enough flights to test out the different aspects of the business model, but small enough where we could develop a community feel and it wouldn't necessarily feel like our retail store is in a sea of other stores. In Health Matters tonight, a BC pediatrician is urging parents of young children to talk with a health care provider as the Omicron variant of COVID-19 leads to increasing cases of hospitalization. Dr. Run Goldman from UBC has studied vaccine hesitancy among parents. He says the current vaccination rate among children 5 to 11 is at about 39% of those who have received their first dose. He says that's too low. That's a wonderful start, but it means that 60% of parents have yet to make a decision or get their children to uh, roll their sleeves up. I'm hoping that this is going to happen very soon because with the Omicron, a very contagious variant, we really need to have every child eligible to get the vaccine. What I tell parents in my practice is they should speak with their pediatrician, a family doctor, a nurse, or a pharmacist and ask those questions that they have in order to really get the reliable information from the people they trust the most. In the U.S., infectious disease experts say many children who are hospitalized with COVID-19 have other health conditions that make them more susceptible to complications from the virus. That includes obesity, diabetes, and lung disease. The sheer number of infections across North America right now will mean many more children will get infected, and some of them will be hospitalized. An important food recall to tell you about tonight. Eight varieties of Dole salads and five from President's Choice are being recalled because of possible listeria contamination. They were sold at stores right across the country and have a best-before date of either January 8th or 9th. The salads should be thrown out or returned to the place of purchase. Listeria can cause vomiting, fever, and in rare cases, even death. Meteorologist Yvonne Schell's forecast is next. And later on the news hour, the cat that almost didn't come back. A strange place it got stuck. Stay with us. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. 
It is not an official stat holiday by any means, but for some, Thursday, January 6th was take down your Christmas tree day. So naturally, this weekend is tree chipping time. Many families dropped off their unadorned live-cut trees at chipping events around Metro Vancouver. This one in Vancouver benefited the Lions Club. Trees collected by the city are turned into compost at the landfill. That compost is then sold to gardeners, commercial landscapers, and local governments for use in parks. Just ahead, someone who insists Edmonton ain't so bad, even in the dead of winter. He likes it so much, he's actually written a book. That story after Yvonne's forecast. <laughs> oh, those images make me look cold. Is he writing about Edmonton at minus 50, minus 40? I'm well, I curious. think it's all year, but, you know, he's trying to tell people that there's a lot good about Edmonton. Right. Even when it looks like that. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I'll visit in summer, thanks. Yeah, ditto. Same <laughs> there. All right. Uh, thanks, Jordan. Good evening, everyone. Uh, we are tracking rain now, so it's changed over to rain for most areas across Metro Vancouver. We could still see you some seeing some wet snowfall for higher elevations and a few spots extending in towards the eastern areas of the Fraser Valley. We're sitting at two degrees. We've got a northeasterly wind at 20 kilometers per hour. As we get in overnight tonight, we are going to see the rain ease off. It'll be drier conditions for tomorrow. We're actually looking at a mainly sunny sky. Pleasant with highs up to five. The average for this time of the year sits closer to six degrees. Dry conditions for the evening. We could see some fog developing overnight, and that'll take us in towards the next few days. We have seen some snow for the northern half of the province. This is great art that was taken in Haida Gwaii or done in Haida Gwaii, so thank you so much, Billy, for sending that in. And we still have that snowfall along the northern half of the province, but it's inland that we'll continue to see snow. Heavy at times, especially this evening. Areas near Haida Gwaii and along the coast, though, it has changed over to rain, and we'll continue to see rain waves of rain rather we are going to see those chilly conditions in the northeastern corners of the province and still across the central interior the potential is there to be tracking snowfall through the day on sunday a snapshot of what it looks like on monday along the south coast with milder temperatures we've got a series of systems that'll move in and we'll be looking at rainfall now inland 40 and up to 60 centimeters is possible much of the central interior, so the caribou included within that, will see 10 and up to 20 centimeters before it starts to ease off. But along the coast, inland, could still see that heavy snowfall continuing for tomorrow. If you're traveling along the mountain passes, check in with drivebc.ca for the latest road conditions. Sea to Sky to Whistler, 5 and up to 10 centimeters this evening. Pine Pass between 15, it should say 10 to 15 centimeters. Rogers Pass, 5, Allison, as well as the connector between 2 and up to 4 centimeters. So the northern half of the province will continue to see that heavy snowfall this evening. It'll be inland into the morning hours and potentially seeing another wave of heavy snow by tomorrow night with the temperatures dropping off once again. The northeastern quarters, the southern regions of the Peace could see that snowfall with up to 10 centimeters. Snow should ease off for much of the central interior, the southern interior along the mountain passes. So the heaviest snowfall this evening tapering off through the day tomorrow. A clearing is on the way along the mountain passes with drier conditions. Along the south coast, the eastern edge of the island could still see a few morning showers. Most areas as though breaks on the way we've got a mainly sunny sky tomorrow one of the nicest out of the bunch with some sunshine in the mix it'll be much needed a break from all the active weather that we've been tracking and then the next weather makers it'll be a series of them that'll be moving in it'll be mild enough that we'll be looking at rain Jordan. hey any break we get we'll take thanks Yvonne we know there are a lot of Albertans now living in BC people with strong ties to Edmonton can now put their knowledge of that city to the test Take a look. The Ultimate Edmonton Trivia Book is a brand new quiz and fact book 
with nearly 700 questions about that city and its people, places, and history. The book's author runs the popular Twitter account iHeartEdmonton and says the idea for the book came from his love of the city. We should be appreciative of living in the city. There's so much, so much to see and do here, and it's, it's a great place to live. And um, I just fell in love with it along the way, um, learning about all the things that, um, the history about the city and what there is to see and do here. The Ultimate Edmonton Trivia Book is available on Amazon. And by the way, the Vancouver Trivia Book was published back in 1985, so it could probably use an update. Give an update. You notice the Edmonton shots they used in the summer, not the current minus yes. 35 with the... Uh, well, we did show. use some of those winter shots before the weather, just to balance <laughs> okay, it out, right? Sure. Good we have to show the full picture. Yeah. yeah. I know you grew up west of Edmonton, right? Uh, I was, yes, I was kind of in uh, northwest Alberta and in Red Deer as well. So, yeah, we, I know all about uh, <laughs> Get Edmonton. Get some questions and right. It can be a great city at times, for sure. At times. Uh, all right. Yes, at times. <laughs> Not so much in the winter, like I said before. <laughs> uh, we got Canucks coming up. They were supposed to play Ottawa tonight. Of course, that game got postponed yesterday. Players are just itching to play. They will once we get to the road trip. So uh, that comes up Tuesday. So we'll hear from the players and Bruce Boudreau coming up. And uh, tennis, golf, uh, NFL football on Saturday as well, all coming up. All right. Thanks, Barry. Also coming up, quarantining in paradise. I would have 100% canceled. It was not worth the stress. Testing positive for COVID <laughs> while abroad is no vacation. We'll have that story when we come back. BC's COVID-19 Town Hall. Your questions answered by Dr. Bonnie Henry and Health Minister Adrian Dix. Email questions at globalnews.ca and tune in Monday on BC1, CKNW or stream online. Welcome back now to the expense and the stress of testing positive for COVID during a beach vacation. As Ann Gaviola reports, the highly contagious Omicron variant is creating a whole new hassle for travelers. In early December, Cindy Norton arranged a 15-person trip to Cuba in honor of her mother who passed away in the spring. We decided to take a family trip among some a lot of family friends, obviously, and just scatter some ashes on the beach. The memorial trip took a turn when her partner tested positive for COVID days before their scheduled flight back to Canada. He's feeling fine. He's been fishing all week and having a ball. And now all of a sudden he's got COVID. So we're kind of freaking out a little bit. He was made to quarantine at another hotel and had to book a new flight home two days later. Cindy's experience is similar to Amy's. She was also in Ogun, Cuba, but at a different resort a couple of weeks later. She was forced to go to a quarantine hotel alone after she tested positive for COVID, though her boyfriend did not. I just had an anxiety attack every hour or so where I would break down and then I would stop myself and say, hey, crying's not going to help you. She says drinking water was limited, there was no hot water, and the food was not appetizing. In addition to the added stress and turmoil, she says she paid more than $600 for four extra nights stay, a PCR test and other costs. And it's not clear if she'll be reimbursed. In an effort to warn people about the risks Amy has taken to Facebook and TikTok. If I could go back and tell my old self this and just give myself a glimpse of what I was going into, I would have 100% canceled. It was not worth the stress. She recommends traveling with your own COVID test, if only for your own peace of mind. Horror stories from travelers in Cuba, Mexico, Jamaica, and other sunny destinations being stranded after positive COVID tests abound on travel sites and Facebook groups. 
Air Canada this week suspended some flights to sun destinations from January 24th until the end of April in light of the current pandemic context. This industry expert recommends researching exactly what happens if you test positive while abroad and having a contingency plan. Every jurisdiction, resort or cruise has its own rules. Unfortunately, it does happen, even if you boost it. But still, it is something that is going to potentially mess up your holiday. The Omicron surge has changed the risk calculation for people traveling to another country, and the Canadian government continues to advise against non-essential travel. Anne Gaviola, Global News, Toronto. No game for the Canucks, but they did practice today. Hear from the team next. And what Evander Kane's agent is saying with word the Sharks are terminating the forward's contract. Join us in supporting British Columbians who need our help. Global BC, 980 CKNW, AM730 and Global Okanagan are partnering for BC Together in support of BC Flood Relief. Visit globalnews.ca slash bctogether to donate to an organization of your choice that are helping communities in need. Celebrating its 20th year, don't miss the Dine Out Vancouver Festival. Over 300 restaurants across Metro Vancouver are offering exclusive fixed-price three-course meals, foodie events including Indigenous chef collaborations, tasting tours and more. If you want to know, it's on the house. If you want to show, it's on the house. If you want to go, it's on the Global BC Community Hub. Navigate your now. Welcome back. Barry is here with sports and the game-hungry Canucks, Barry. Yeah, man, they are, they are sick of practice. <laughs> we all are. The only, no one really wants to practice. No. You have to. Got to play. But it's not never fun. Thanks, Jordan. Uh, the Canucks held their final practice at Rogers Arena this morning before heading out for their five-game road trip. All they've done is practice since beating the Kraken in Seattle last Saturday in their last game. No Elias Pettersson or Brock Besser on the ice today. Canucks are hoping... Pedersen's latest COVID test comes back negative so that he can hop on the team charter tomorrow as they embark on their five-game Eastern trip starting in Florida Tuesday. Besser finished his protocol and returned to the United States. The plan is for him to join the team in Florida. Vancouver was supposed to play Ottawa tonight, but the game is being rescheduled. So needless to say, the players are antsy to get some game action. We're talking about it after the skate. Let's let's get on the flight and, and go there right now. But, I mean, uh, like I said, I think uh, we're kind of trying to use this to advantage and, and kind of get uh, the legs going and get some extra workouts in to to, to be ready for, for the stretch here. Um, so uh, trying to look po- positive uh, at the same time. I think I think it will be it uh, be a challenge just for any team when they take ten days off and uh, have to come back and, and the first team you're playing is you know arguably one of the top five teams in the league so it's uh, uh, it's going to be a real challenge hopefully uh, uh, we're a team that accepts challenges and we're not afraid of challenges but uh, uh, you know like I'm just a big believer in you. Brace these things and say, let's see what we got, and, and hopefully uh, you can come out on top for one night. The San Jose Sharks have placed Evander Kane on unconditional waivers today with the purpose of terminating his contract. Kane's agents say they will appeal that decision. The Sharks allege 
Kane broke COVID-19 protocols while playing for their AHL affiliate recently and therefore have grounds to void his contract. That would be a huge hit to Kane's wallet. He would forfeit just under 23 million U.S. dollars in salary. Kane was suspended 21 games by the NHL for using a fake vaccination card earlier this season. NHL today, Sidney Crosby and the Penguins looking for their 11th straight win. That win streak started against the Canucks back on December 4th, famously. Travis Green's last game as a head coach. Pence jumped out 2-0 on Dallas. Kasperi Kapanen with the deflection. Third period, now 2-1. The Stars will tie it. The point shot is stopped. But Joe Pavelski scores on the rebound. His 13th ties it at 2. And then a minute later, off the rush. The Stars don't score on Tristan Jari originally, but the Delta product having a fantastic season. But no one picks up Rupe Hintz, who fishes out the loose puck, stuffs it in. The Penn's 10-game win streak is done. Stars beat them 3-2. to two. Maple Leafs and Avalanche from Denver. Former Avalanche and West Band product Alex Kerfoot gets the icebreaker, converts the feed from Michael Bunting, and it's 1-0 Leafs. Toronto had a big first period. Austin Matthews then goes to work, scores goals 33 seconds apart, follows his own rebound to on the backhand there for his 21st, and then this is his 22nd. Kerfoot on the setup. Leafs looked on their way up 3-0 and 4-1, but Colorado has charged back 4-4 late in the third. Bruins and Lightning from Tampa. David Pasternak is the Bruins' big sniper. Hasn't had a great start, just nine goals in 30 games, but he got two in the first tonight. This is his second. Nice play to kick it from his skates to his stick, his 11th of the year, and it's 2-0 Bruins. Early second, Boston gets another. It's Brad Marchand deflecting the point shot, 13th of the year for Marchand. That was the game winner as Boston beats Tampa Bay 5-2. Vancouver Warriors back in action at Rogers Arena last night. Warriors proudly supporting our indigenous communities. Warriors off to a decent start in the season. Two and one really took it to the mammoth in the first period. They scored the game's first seven goals. Mitch Jones had a massive night. Two goals and seven assists. Kyle Killen, who set up Jones there, had seven points as well. Adam Charlambides, who we profiled yesterday as one of the fine rookies on this team. We'll get the buzzer beater here. Warriors up 8-2 after the first, but Colorado outscored them 10-2 in the second and led 12-10 at the half, and the Mammoth poured it on from there. Sam Clare grabs his own rebound and dunks it. Ryan Lee had 12 points for the Mammoth as they win 18-15. Warriors are 2-2. Their next two are on the road. They're back at Rogers on Saturday, February the 5th. Check out some football now. Broncos in chief, final weekend of the regular season. Kansas City can still get the top seed in the AFC. Broncos eliminated from the playoffs, but young quarterback Drew Locke runs in his second touchdown of the game. 23-yard dash for the cash, and it's a 14-7 Broncos lead. Third quarter, Chiefs by three. But the Broncos run game with another big play. Melvin Gordon exploding for a 47-yard touchdown run. 21-17, Denver back out front. Now in the fourth, Broncos trying to get some insurance. But this time, Gordon hit hard. He fumbles, and Nick Bolton scoops up the ball, breaks the tackle, and goes 86 yards for the touchdown. Chiefs win it 28-24. So they finish their season at 12-5. and And if the Titans lose to Jacksonville tomorrow, KC will get the AFC number one seed and a first round bye. Also tonight, Cowboys and Eagles, both teams in the playoffs. Eagles resting some starters. Dallas still with a chance to get a higher seed. First quarter, Dak Prescott 
to Cedric Wilson, who was wide open on the left side. Cowboys may have gotten away with a pick play on that one to get Wilson open, but it wasn't called, so the touchdown stands at 7-7. Second quarter, same combination. This time, Prescott to Wilson from 24 yards out. High-scoring game, 23-17 Dallas late in the second quarter. Toronto FC made official what's been rumored for a week now. They have signed Italian star forward Lorenzo Insigne to a $15 million annual salary, which is a $60 million total contract. $15 million annual is easily the highest in league history. His salary is actually higher than 17 other MLS team salary, including the Whitecaps. Insigne will join TFC on July 1st after his season is over with Napoli. FA Cup, third round, Chelsea taking on Chesterfield, who are a fifth-tier club. That's the great thing about FA Cup. Everyone plays everyone, but this one went according to script. Already 1-0, Callum Hudson-Odoi bends in a beauty from 20 yards out. 2-0 Chelsea. Moments later, Blues forced the turnover. Romelu Lukaku makes it 3-0. You can see the celebrations for Chelsea a little bit subdued. They know they're supposed to win this one handily. Now, Chelsea built a 5-0 lead, but in the 80th, Chesterfield with a moment to Remember, Aquasi Asante knocks it into the empty net. 6,000 Chesterfield fans on hand explode. That's awesome. They lose 5-1, but playing at Stamford Bridge and getting that goal, that's a victory for Chesterfield, even though they lost 5-1. World Cup bobsled from Winterberg, Germany. Summerlin's Justin Cripps. Well, he made it to the podium again. He and partner Cam Stones ended up getting the bronze. It's the first two-man medal for Cripps on this track, which is very technical. It's his 20th career two-man bobsled World Cup medal. German sleds took uh, gold and silver, and the four-man event goes tomorrow. Canadian Figure Skating Championships from Ottawa. No fans allowed in the stands, unfortunately. Ladies free program. That is 18-year-old Madeline Skichas of Oakville, Ontario. Skichas had a, a big lead after the short program. She didn't have a flawless skate today, but hit some key elements and she won going away. Skichas is the 2022 Canadian champ and will represent Canada in Beijing. Vancouver's Emily Bosbach, who was the 2020 champ, finished ninth today. PGA Tours first event of 2022, the Century Tournament of Champions from Kapalua in Maui, a 38-man field, no Canadians. Ozzy Cameron Smith, the second-round leader, keeping his advantage in round three. Beautiful approach at the 10th, made that for birdie. They are making all sorts of birdies today at Kapalua. Justin Thomas shot the course record a 12 under 61. It's a par 73, but John Rahm just might match him. This is his shot on the par five, stuffs it to four feet, made the eagle. Right now, it is uh, 25 under for Smith, 24 under for Rahm, and they are playing the 18th hole. AT Cup semifinals from Sydney, Australia. Canada taking on defending champion Russia. What a performance by Felix Ojealiasim and Denis Shapovalov in doubles. Shapovalov won his singles match earlier in the day against Roman Safalin in singles. Daniel Medvedev beat Aliasim to force the deciding doubles match. Russians won the opening set. Felix struggled a bit early, but he came on nicely as the match went on. Canada took the second set 7-5. Third set in doubles is a super tie break. So first one to 10 points. Lots of pressure. Not much room for error. Shapovalov rips the forehand. Too hot to handle for Medvedev. And then on their third match point, Dennis with a superb stab volley at net and what a way to end it as Canada takes out Russia. So Canada will meet Spain in the final. It starts at 10.30 p.m. tonight, our time, which of course is uh, late Sunday afternoon in Australia. So tennis starting to heat up. Aussie Open starts in a week. Yeah. So we'll 
keep our eye on that. And you will have an update on tennis and everything else at 11 tonight. At 11, I will. All right, up next, the moving mishap involving a cat, a strange place it was found hiding after the break. If you want to know, it's on the hub. If you want to know, it's on the hub. If you want to show, it's on the hub. If you want to go, it's on the hub. The Global BC Community Hub. Navigate your now. Working as one to connect our province. BC together in support of BC flood relief. Visit globalnews.ca slash BC together to learn where and how you can help today. away something and then realize you still want it? Well, that's the story of one couple who donated a recliner to a thrift store in Denver. (laughs) They didn't realize that their cat had crawled inside the chair. Workers discovered the stowaway, called animal protection, and eventually reunited the tabby with his family. The family was in the process of moving, so the lesson here is stressful events can cause animals to seek shelter and odd places, so it's a good idea to carefully search any large objects <laughs> before disposal. Oh, cats, cats love uh, the, under the bed, they'll find spots, and yep. in the couches. In the clothing drawer as well, I've had mine go in there. <laughs> they like getting up to no good. They're, and they're never sorry either. No, they're never, never sorry. sorry. No. Not sorry, that's the way I roll. Yeah. Hey, the weather's nothing to be sorry about, at least tomorrow, Yvonne. Yeah, a nice break is on the way. We'll see more of that clearing for most areas across the south coast through the day, mainly sunny. And then a heads up, it'll be milder into next week, and we'll be looking at rain instead. Good stuff. Thanks, Yvonne. And that is tonight's news hour. We're back at 11. Have a great night.